You're listening to L-Town Radio, the Livingston Library Podcast. There's practically no limit to what you can learn and see when you belong to the Livingston Library. From science and technology to crafts and genealogy, our library is virtually an information galaxy. This library is yours and this library. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the July 2022 episode of L-Town Radio, the Livingston Library podcast. I'm Joe from the Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, and your host for the next 30-ish minutes. In this episode, Jessica will tell us about what hot new books are coming to the library in July. Archana will tell us about a Jersey Shore-themed program we have scheduled this month. And by that, I mean the actual Jersey Shore, not the MTV reality series that was popular for a spell over a decade ago. Also, Hong Mei will share a special seasonally appropriate song, and the crew will talk about some of our favorite books, films, and songs or other media that take place on, in, or near the ocean. But first, I want to share another little artifact of Livingston history. Now, If you heard last month's episode, you may remember that I recently discovered some audio cassettes of recordings that were made by Livingston Public Librarians all the way back in the 1970s. Most of these cassettes contained interviews with notable longtime Livingston residents, such as Edith DeCamp, one of the founders of the Livingston Library, as well as Captain Ernie Allinger, who served with the Livingston Police Department for over 30 years. But I also found a tape of a concert that was held on June 13th, 1976, in celebration of America's Bicentennial. It was a joint performance featuring over 100 choir singers from 10 churches and temples, and it was held in the auditorium of Temple Benai Abraham, which still stands today over on Northfield Road. And while most of the songs performed that night were of a religious nature, There were also a couple of more patriotic songs that were sung in honor of our nation's 200th birthday. And look, I know right now in this country of ours, we have a lot of, let's say, unresolved issues. I know it feels like we've been fighting each other for years, and it feels like it's only getting worse. I know for a lot of us, it might feel hard to celebrate the United States of America this 4th of July. I get it. But I also feel that as a country, we're still capable of great things. And there are plenty of reasons not to give up hope on that. And I still think that overall, we've accomplished many wonderful things, considering just how many different kinds of people call this country home. With that in mind, I'd like to play this recording from that bicentennial concert that was held here in Livingston in 1976. It's of a performance of my man Woody Guthrie's timeless anthem, This Land is Your Land. Enjoy. (laughs) 
Again, that was a performance of Woody Guthrie's classic This Land is Your Land, performed on June 13, 1976, by a joint choir of over 100 voices from 10 churches and temples at Livingston's Temple B'nai Abraham. If you'd like to hear that entire concert or any of the audio interviews in our audio cassette collection or take a look at any of the maps, texts, or other records in our local history archive, feel free to stop by our reference desk and speak to one of our reference librarians. They'll be happy to guide you through our local history archive. Well, now it's that time in our program where Jessica, the head of our Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, drops in to tell us about some of the most eagerly awaited books headed to the Livingston Library in July. Jessica? Are you looking forward to new summer books to add to your to-read list? Here's a sneak peek of what titles will be hitting our library shelves this July. Please note descriptions are taken from the publisher. Listen to me by Tess Jarston, July 5th. Rosalie and Isles are back. From New York Times bestselling author Chess Jarrison, this shocking and fast-paced thriller has Jane and Mara investigating a brutal murder with dire implications, and this time with Jane's intrepid mother Angela, Angela looking into a mystery of her own. Reputation by Sarah Vaughn, July 5th. The best-selling author of Anatomy of a Scandal, now a hit Netflix series, returns with a new psychological thriller about a politician whose less-than-perfect personal life is thrust into the spotlight when a body is discovered in her home. Honey and Spice by Bolo Babaloa, July 5th. A gloriously funny and sparkling debut novel, Honey and Spice is full of delicious tension and a romantic intrigue that will make you weak at the knees. The 620 Man by David Baldacci, July 12th. A cryptic murder pulls a former soldier turned financial analyst deep into the corruption and menace that prowl beneath the opulent world of finance. The Best is Yet to Come by Debbie McCumber, July 12th. When a woman alone in the world bravely chooses to open her heart, two lost souls have a new chance at belonging. And this intimate novel from number one New York Times bestselling author Debbie McCumber. The It Girl by Ruth Ware, July 12th. The number one New York Times bestselling author of the claustrophobic spine tingler, one by one, returns with an unputdownable mystery following a woman on the search for answers a decade after her friend's murder. Sugar and Salt by Susan Wiggs, July 26th. The New York Times bestselling author of the Lost and Found Bookshop returns to Perdita Street with a can't-miss tale of friendship, hardship, redemption, and love between a San Francisco baker and a barbecue master from Texas. Which of these titles are you looking forward to reading the most? Stop by the library and let us know. We can't wait to see you. Bye. Thanks very much, Jessica. Now, July also means that it's time, once again, for our annual Weekends with the Oscars film series, just like we have in years past. On the weekends, we're going to be screening on the big screen in our program room as many of the Best Picture nominees from this past year's Oscars that we can get our hands on. And it's going to kick off on Saturday afternoon, July 9th, starting at 1.30. We are going to play the 2021 adaptation of Frank Herbert's classic sci-fi novel, Dune. Outsiders ravage our land. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. 
So you're going tomorrow? Yes, I'm going tomorrow with the advanced team. I'd like you to take me with you. Are you trying to get me court-martialed? Can I trust you with something? I've been having dreams about a girl falling in battle. Felt like a vision. Dreams make good stories, but everything important happens when we're awake. With the future of House Atreides, you have to be ready. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. They're not human. They're brutal. Well, if I'm not dead, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. Come on! My son. Again, that was the trailer for Dune, Denis Villeneuve's 2021 adaptation of Frank Herbert's classic sci-fi novel that's going to be screened in our program room on Saturday afternoon starting at 1.30 p.m. Uh, the film runs two hours and 45 minutes, although keep in mind it is just the first uh, of a planned series of films, so if it seems to end on an unsatisfying note, Keep that in mind. I remember seeing Lord of the Rings, the first Lord of the Rings movie in the theaters about 20 years ago, and the people behind us were, were very upset with the way that one ended, not knowing that it was just part one. Anyway, uh, so weekend with the Oscars on 1.30 p.m. on Saturday afternoons from July 9th through August 20th. We're going to be screening some of the year's Academy Award nominees for Best Picture on the big screen. After Dune, on July 16th, we have... Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza. I'm a big fan of Paul Thomas Anderson, and I was not disappointed by that film. That one runs two hours and 15 minutes. On Saturday, July 23rd at 1.30 p.m., we have Kenneth Branagh's Belfast, which is an hour and 40 minutes. And July 30th, Saturday, starting at 1.30 p.m., we'll be playing King Richard, the uh, dram dramatization about the tennis playing Williams sisters and their father Richard and I hear Will Smith gives a strikingly good performance in that film it runs two hours and 30 minutes uh, we also have three films coming up in August Nightmare Alley Drive My Car and West Side Story which we'll tell you a little bit more about in our August podcast next month
And now, since we're at about the halfway point of our episode, it's time to bring in Hongmei to once again share a special song. Hongmei. During the 4th of July celebration, we love to listen to patriotic songs and show our appreciation for everything we have and everything that has been sacrificed for our freedom. We love to listen to the songs God Bless America, The Star Spangled Banner, or This Land is Your Land. Today, let's enjoy a famous 4th of July song, America the Beautiful, by Ray Charles, who became blind when he was seven. Even though he could not see our beauty, he used his heart and voice to reveal the beauty of America. For sharing that, Hongmei. Now, speaking of great American soul and R&B singers slash pianists, we have a special performance coming next month, July 17th, which is a Sunday from 2 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. It's going to be a jazz piano tribute to the music of Stevie Wonder. I mean, personally, Stevie Wonder is by far one of my favorite musicians of all time. Uh, I, I recently learned through Spotify that he's one of the most, he's, he's in my top five of most played artists that I listen to on Spotify. And I certainly have been listening to his work a lot more uh, with my young daughter around. And on July 17th, we are going to get a jazz piano tribute to his music performed by pianist James Austin Jr., uh, as part of a trio. This program, uh, it's part of our Music Matters series, which is, of course, funded by the Friends of the Livingston Library. It's free and it's open to everyone. There's no registration required. And you'll get to hear wonderful covers of Stevie Wonder music that sound kind of like this. That, of course, was a cover of Stevie Wonder's Isn't She Lovely. It was performed by the James Austin Jr. Trio, led by pianist James Austin Jr., who, again, you can see live in concert here at the Livingston Library on Sunday, July 17th, starting at 2 p.m. 
Now with some information on another really cool program we have on our July calendar, here's Archana. Hello listeners. Since the summer reading theme this year is Oceans of Possibilities, and since our summers cannot be complete without a visit to any of the fabulous beaches adorning our state, we appropriately present highlights of the Jersey Shore on Monday, July 11th at 7 p.m. Do you know that the Jersey Shore has a great deal more to offer than soft sand, sun and surf? Take the plunge and travel along with amateur photographer and historian Mario Medici from Sandy Hook to Cape May and you'll discover an array of fascinating towns and history to go with them. Lighthouses, beaches, forts, historic buildings, shipwrecks. These are among the myriad discoveries, so be sure to bring your notepads as you may wish to write down some interesting factoids. This Jersey Shore presentation is sure to please. Mario always has interesting facts to share and beautiful slides of the subject he talks about. So you can attend this program and then perhaps enjoy your visit to any of the Jersey beaches this summer that much more, armed with a lot of fun background trivia. And wish you all a very happy summer. Thank you. Thank you, Archana. Now, there's one other program I want to mention in this episode, and it's one I'm extremely excited to have on our July calendar, and that is Musical Storytime. You may know that Musical Storytime is a program I ran some years back for children in the two to five year age range, as well as their caregivers. It truly was a blast. The kids always seemed to have so much fun, and it was always a lot of fun for me to be able to encourage them to enjoy music in all sorts of ways. Then, of course, the pandemic started in spring of 2020, and Musical Storytime got derailed a bit. While the, li- while the library was closed uh, during lockdown, I made some Musical Storytime videos for our YouTube channel, but it wasn't nearly the same experience as having an audience right there to sing and dance along. Well, now that it seems that social distancing might officially be a thing of the past, and this is me knocking really hard on a big wooden table, I am thrilled to bring this extremely exciting program back. Of course, we, we do read picture books together during this story time, but not just any kind of picture books. They're always going to have some kind of musical element that I think makes the reading experience extra fun. Of course, I'll also play some songs on my guitar and maybe occasionally some other cool instruments like keyboards or ukulele. But that's not all. Sometimes we'll pass around shaky eggs to, so everyone can join in the music making. And sometimes we'll start drum circles, or have puppet shows, or dance parties. And sometimes we'll have super cool multimedia presentations about music that we'll project on the big screen in our program room. So if you know of any kids around two to five years old who might enjoy some musical story time, please come on down to the Youth Wing on Tuesday afternoons in July, starting at 4 p.m. That's July 5th, July 12th, 19th, and 26th. Come prepare to sing your hearts out and, of course, shake your sillies out. Now, as Archana mentioned a moment ago, the ocean is a big theme of many of our programs this month with summer reading, ocean of possibilities, uh, and the Jersey Shore presentation. Plus, we have some cool ocean-themed crafts events and programs that you can check out on our July calendar. So 
This episode, I thought I'd ask the crew if they have any favorite books, films, music, or other media that are set in, on, or near the ocean. And here's what they had to say, starting with Jessica. This year's summer reading theme is Oceans of Possibilities. I love beach reads and books that take place by the shore and by the ocean. My favorite ocean-esque series is the Beach House series by Mary Alice Monroe. These books take place on the Isle of Palms and follow the story of the Rutledge family, their loves, their losses, and their family drama. But because it takes place at the beach, it also follows the story of the sea turtles and the conservation behind these magnificent creatures. I also enjoy reads by Elin Hildebrand and Nancy Thayer, also taking place at the beach, but in Nantucket, and books by Jennifer Savato doktorsky and Robin Constantine that take place down at the Jersey Shore. I'd love to hear what your favorite ocean read is when you come to sign up for our 2022 Adult Summer Reading Challenge. Happy reading. See you soon. Thank you so much, Jessica. Yes, of course, the Adult Summer Reading Challenge is underway, and there are three prize winners selected every week. Plus, at the very end, we have two grand prize Kindles to offer. So check, our, check out our website or stop by the reference desk if you need more information. And now, with her favorite ocean-themed music, here is Hongmei. I love to go to the beach during summer, when I lie on the beach listening to the sound of the waves. My mind calms down. I feel so peaceful and relaxed. No matter how far I am from the ocean, it seems like I can hear the gentle sounds of the ocean waves lapping up onto the beach. Evidence shows ocean sound may help reduce stress and create a sense of calm. We don't have to go to the beach to listen. We can actually find ocean meditation music from YouTube and listen to it. Now, let us close our eyes, sit quietly, and enjoy the ocean sound. As always, that was very relaxing. And now, with her response, once again, here's Archana. I have two picks for my favorite ocean-themed movies. Uh, one is the Pirates of the Caribbean series, featuring Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow, Orlando Bloom as Will Turner, and Keira Knightley as Elizabeth Swan. The films in these series are thoroughly entertaining. They're tinged with the supernatural, they take place on the open ocean, and they're all elevated by Depp's humorous depiction of his pirate character. They feature thrilling and over-the-top sea battles, ocean mythology, and the dramatic lives the main characters lead as they sail from adventure to adventure. 
Another movie I would like to talk about is Ang Lee's Life of Pi, inspired by worldwide bestseller and Booker Prize-winning novel by Yann Martel. Now, this movie not only depicts an adventure on the open seas, it actually expands and becomes a parable of survival, acceptance, and adaptation. Now, the story goes somewhat along these lines. After deciding to sell their zoo in India and move to Canada, Santosh and Geeta Patel board a freighter with their sons and a few remaining animals. Tragedy strikes when a terrible storm sinks the ship, leaving the Patel's teenage son, Pai, as the only human survivor. However, Pai is not alone. A fearsome Bengal tiger, Richard Parker, has also found refuge aboard the lifeboat. As days turn into weeks and weeks drag into months, Pai and the tiger must learn to trust each other if both are to survive. The 227 days spent drifting across the Pacific are a test of physique, mental adaptation and faith, and Pai's journey is both nautical and spiritual. He confronts thirst and starvation, comes to an understanding with the fierce tiger, endures and wonders at a mighty storm, a squadron of flying fish, a humpbacked whale, a school of dolphins, and a night illuminated by luminous jellyfish. This uniquely imaginative film with great special effects and powerful visuals affirms the necessity of man and beast working together to survive. It can be enjoyed on many levels, both a thrilling nautical adventure or something more thoughtful. In fact, Pai's relationship with Tiger Richard Parker can be seen to represent mankind's struggle to live in harmony with the forces it cannot control. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Archana. As for me, when I think of favorite ocean-themed works, a few things leap quickly to mind. One is the animated series and occasional film series chronicling the adventures of SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes, it is a cartoon made for very young children. I It didn't even start until I was in college, but I still love it. And I'm so glad to see that kids today at the library still love checking out SpongeBob DVDs and even SpongeBob books. I, I've tried watching it with my daughter, who's now almost one and a half. She doesn't seem as into it, but that's okay. I'll try again a little later. Uh, there's also a song that I really love called Ocean Man, which was included on the soundtrack of the first SpongeBob SquarePants movie. It's by a band called Ween, and it sounds like this. As you can see, it's a very delightful song, a little bit weird. Um, I should warn you that the band Ween gets a lot weirder and more twisted in a lot of their other songs. But if you want to hear that song or other music by the great Ween, W-E-E-N, uh, a lot of their music is actually available on hoopladigital.com with your Livingston Library card. And finally, uh, Probably my most favorite ocean-themed book of all time is a fairly obvious choice. It's Moby Dick by Herman Melville. It's one of my favorite books. Um, if you've never read it, um, you might assume it's it's kind of intimidating or long and drawn out. And I, I know a lot of people who have read it who thought it was incredibly boring and slow, and I could not disagree more. Actually, no. I see, I see where they're coming from. 
it is a very slow-paced book, but I never found it boring. I think the trick was I read it deliberately slowly, a little bit every day on my subway commute over like a one to two month period. And that way, when there are these passages in the middle where there's not a lot of action and Melville or the narrator uh, Ishmael is simply describing the day-to-day activities on the whaling boat, it, it gave me the sense that I, I was actually there and kind of living it. And and then finally, when the action really starts building up toward the end, it, it kind of makes it that much more meaningful and worthwhile, in my opinion. It's also very funny. You might not expect that um, if you've never read Moby Dick, but it, it can get very funny. And I, I think a lot of that humor gets lost in the conversation about Moby Dick. Anyway, of course, you can check out Moby Dick from our library in print. We have many copies available. And with that, we're actually at the end of our episode. I thank you, dear listener, for tuning in, as always. I hope you'll tune in again next month. Remember, you can listen to and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can also follow us all over social media on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on our blog, blog blog.livingstonlibrary.org. You can also check out all kinds of digital resources through our main website, livingstonlibrary.org. And of course, I hope you'll still come down and visit us IRL. We're open seven days a week all your librarying needs. Till next time, stay kind, stay safe, and stay curious.